Are you sexting again? I am. I'm emailing Robin. It's Friday, March 1st, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Paul Peters, master student in civil engineering and Maarten van Rossum cotton bag owner. With me today... <laughs> sorry, what, what was that? I will, explain, uh, I will explain this later. Be patient. It's the best job title I think we've ever had. No, that's yours. Yeah, that's Because true. Uh, with me today is Molly Quell. She is a contributing editor at Dutch News and the savior of The Hague. It was officially declared that I was the savior of The Hague. Our third regular podcast host, Gordon Derrick, has brexited us because he insisted on taking care of his children who are on a school holiday break. That's an overrated reason to not it, be here, I, I think. I think so too. First of all, we have to do a little disclaimer. Yeah, we have to do a disclaimer. Because usually we record the podcast on uh, Friday morning, but because we all have some schedule issues yep. uh, uh, on Friday. We are currently recording this on Thursday morning, so if there is some breaking news, I'm just gonna come up with something completely random. I don't know, the government buys an airline, yeah. then we won't be able I to I can't imagine this. the government buying an airline, for sure. Um, so if there is some breaking news on Thursday, we will cover it next week, so yeah. please forgive us for that. Uh, but Molly, you are the savior of the Hague. No, 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 Paul. Martin Von Rossum cotton bag oh, you owner. Want, you yeah, want to no, we are clearly first. starting there. Well, I have a cotton bag which I use to do groceries. Of course, we all do. We all do. Uh, but I lost my old one. Oh, that's very sad. And it was uh, it had the coat of arms of the Austro-Hungarian Empire on it. As you would have a cotton bag with that. Uh, but I lost it, so I needed a new one. So I bought one with a quote by Martin Von Rossum. Okay, and which quote is it? Uh, the quote was, people are always complaining about crying children in restaurants, but I enjoy the fact that these are not my children. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so that that's was a, the quote. That's a good quote. Does yeah. it have like his face on it or something? No, it's, just, it's a just a quote. Does he selling his merchandise? Uh, or is it, it like a knockoff place? It is his magazine that's selling it. Oh, very nice, very nice. He has a glossy. We should sell uh, bags with random quotes on it. What kind of quotes are you thinking about? Dick Lawyer. Dick just Lawyer. Exclamation point, exclamation oh, just, point, exclamation yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, that would be excellent. Yeah. Yes. So now can you ask me about my... Uh my my position in the oh, yeah. world. Your uh, you you have been declared the savior of the Hague. What's was, that all about? I was declared the savior of the Hague. So several months ago, I tweeted that the, the Hague needs to be saved. The Hague needs to be saved. No, that the American Book Center location in the Hague is the superior American Book Center location. It is better than the one in Amsterdam. And there are two. There are two. In there's, total. Yeah, there's one in the Hague and one in Amsterdam. Okay. And I had recently visited both and declared that the Hague was the superior one. Aha. Uh-huh. And this gained some traction on the Twitters, uh, in no small part because the American Book Center both retweeted it and put it up on their Instagram account, <laughs> um, trying to stir up some controversy between the, the Amsterdam employees is and the Is there some ones. sort of Air France KLM situation going on? It is a bit like that. Ah. So this all sort of died down and I had kind of forgotten about it. And then I had to go into the Hague location to pick up a book that I had ordered. So I go up to the counter and I tell the woman, like, oh, I need to pick up a book. And she says, what's your last name? And I said, as Quell, and she was like, are you Molly? And I was like, yes. She was like, you are the savior of the Hague. And then the rest of the staff who was there proceeded to come over, and we proceeded to have a good discussion about this. Oh, okay, so they didn't raise you uh, above their heads? and uh, Of course they did. I mean, this is like normal American Mm. behavior, is it not? So they they treated me as As, as some sort of royalty, deity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh, And it was very entertaining. So I tweeted this again, and it has re-instigated the argument between uh, Uh the the Amsterdam 
Amsterdam store and the Hague store. Though, I have to say, the Amsterdam uh, American Book Center location is the second best bookstore in the Netherlands. <laughs> so it's not as though, like, it's a terrible location. No, it's just not the it's best. It's just not the best. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. But they're not bankrupt, unlike our Alpef of the week. <laughs> that's, that's a, a great that's transition. A great yeah, Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, the Ophef of the Week is about yet another familiar face in the Dutch uh, shopping centers going bankrupt. Toy stores chain Intertoys filed for bankruptcy earlier this week, following the example of other big chains such as Vroom and Reisman and Kijkshop, may they rest in peace, and also Blocker, who is not really f- uh, bankrupt, but sort of bankrupt. They're working on it. They're working on it, yeah. yeah. They're trying their best to uh, to go bankrupt as soon as possible. Um, following the news of Intertoys going bankrupt, a lot of people realized they still owned one of the store's uh, gift cards yes uh, so uh, as the dutch do they immediately rush to the stores trying to uh, you know buy something with their with us with their gift, gift cards, cards as long as it's still uh, valid but uh, customers face delays uh, when the national gift card computer system we have such a thing in of the Netherlands. of course we know this um, experienced some technical difficulties and this resulted in long lines before the stores and there were even reports of violence by impatient uh, customers and several stores were forced to close their doors uh, due to the violence Island incidents. Um, remind me, Paul, this is a toy store, correct? Yeah. It is for children, children correct? Yeah. Okay. Should, should, shouldn't we uh, spoil uh, the uh, children uh, toy store uh, with uh, with adult uh, business? I, I I mean, I just wondered who these, uh, who these, who people, these are. people are that are getting violent yeah. over the fact that they can't purchase a Lego set for their <laughs> six-year-old with a gift card. And there were also some, some people who spit in faces of, of, of some employees of Inter- It was really oh, weird. Gosh, it's, that's very intense. Yeah, yeah, it is. So... Do you still have some gift cards? No, uh, I have no. I hate gift cards because I it have... forces you to buy something from that particular store, even though it doesn't necessarily mean that I want something from that store. I'm gonna get you a Dylan Camilla gift card for your next <laughs> birthday because I know how much you love Dylan. Then I will Camilla. re-give it to you, yeah. and then uh, we, we I would be re- very happy. Oh, okay, then yeah. we will cash. It I had a Dylan Camilla gift card until about two weeks ago that I had had for like a year and a half that I yeah. finally spent. Yeah. I don't think I have any other gift cards. I try to avoid having them for this exact reason. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. But this week we update you on terrorism in Groningen, tell you everything about a failed delivery to a North Korean dictator and what makeover an Amsterdam World War II memorial got. In our discussion we try to untangle the ongoing KLM saga, which is a really... Yeah, did it, you? It, were you able to untangle this? Not well, Yes, yes, yeah. I was. No, no, no you were not. <laughs> well, I did my best. Are we just going to say a lot of disparaging things about the French? Yes. Okay, then it's fine. <laughs> A 48-year-old man from Groningen has been arrested on charges of preparing to carry out a terrorist attack, according to the Public Prosecution Department. The man, who is a dual Dutch and Algerian national, was arrested 10 days ago at a farm in the Overijssel village of De Lutte, which is close to the German border. He was living in rental accommodation at the farmhouse, which has been organized by the slaughterhouse where he works. In a man's home in Groningen, police found a child's rucksack containing a pistol and ammunition. They also seized documents with text praising arms struggle against unbelievers but i mean he f- there is a child's rucksack containing a pistol and ammunition who says he is not going to intertoys to have his gift card uh, exactly to buy something with his gift card. <laughs> do we know uh, how he was uh, discovered paul yeah the man was picked up on the basis of information supplied by the aivd security service according to atl uh, the man has been remanded in custody for 90 days and is barred from contact with anyone apart from his uh, lawyer i mean good for the Ive Day, who managed to, I guess, yeah. prevent a terrorist attack. Yeah. So, good for them. Yes. 
Gordon's not here today, but we are going to suffer through some Brexit news anyway. According to Prime Minister Mark Rutte, Britain and the European Union are sleepwalking into a no-deal Brexit. Rutte told the BBC, quote, We are sleepwalking into a no-deal scenario. It is unacceptable, and your best friends have to warn you. Wake up. This is real. Come to a conclusion and close the deal. Uh, which sounds like a number of interventions my friends have staged for me over the years. Brex intervention. Brex Brexervention. No. Brex. Mm, no. 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 Meanwhile, in January alone, 80 British citizens in the Netherlands gave up their British nationality to become Dutch nationals, compared with just 19 in the whole of 2015, which was before the Brexit referendum. That's according to new figures from the Immigration Service Ian Day. In 2018, 200 British nationals agreed to reject their British nationality and become Dutch. I wonder if there is uh, something in the Inburgings uh, curses about being violent in children's toy stores. I don't know. It wasn't in mine, but I'm not a parent. So maybe there's mm. like a special chapter yeah. for how yeah. to behave if you have children. Yeah. So uh, Brexit continues to go well. Yeah, it's going, going great. Mm. Going stellar. Mm. Going fantastic. Mm. Some 90,000 bottles of vodka found in a container on a Chinese freight ship were destined for North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and his army chiefs, the Ade said on Tuesday. The find was made last Thursday and on Friday the Dutch Foreign Affairs Ministry gave officials the green light to seize the shipment, which came from Russia. The official shipping document said China was the final destination. However, the shipment had been flagged as suspicious in Hamburg. We do not want to release more information than necessary about our control strategy, custom official Arno Koy said, but what I can tell you is that based on the information available, we suspected that this particular container was subject to the sanctions regime of North Korea. So this 90,000 bottles of vodka, they were hidden in a container, and that container was located underneath an airplane? An airplane body, apparently. Mm-hmm. And it, it was interesting because... Was it an Air France body? It or? Was, Paul, you were really like... We're going to talk <laughs> about the KLM Air France deal in a bit. In a bit. Can you tell, listeners? Uh, no, the crates were located underneath an airplane body, and apparently you needed like a special... Equipment. Equipment to remove this airplane Which body. Which the largest uh, port, port of in, Europe doesn't does not have, have, apparently. So their first plan was... I guess to let the ship sail on to China, have them remove the airplane body there and then make it sail back with their like questionable cargo, which seemed insane to me. But then someone at the port figured out a way to like wedge this container out without disturbing the airplane body. Yeah, they found out a way. They were first very hesitant to do so because this airplane body was apparently going to be reused somewhere in the future. And if they moved it without the special equipment, they could possibly damage damage it. it. And, you know, all sorts of other consequences uh, could happen after that. Uh, but apparently they found a way, and when they opened it, uh, 90,000 bottles of vodka yeah. emerged. It's still unclear what they're going to do with it. They're either going to be destroyed or put on auction. If they put on auction, the Dutch News Podcast is going to bid on a bottle of vodka. I think we should have one. We should have a uh, Kim Jong-un vodka. I yeah. agree. And they were really tiny bottles, so maybe they can hand them out on KLM flights. That would be good. There's been another round of Ian Day scams plaguing the international community. The latest victim is a master's student at the Delft University of Technology. Anabuti Chanda told Dutch News she was telephoned earlier this week by a man who had her passport number and her address. Quote, I verified the number and it came from the immigration service, she said. He told me that there was a warrant out for my arrest because there was reason to believe I was involved in criminal activity either in the Netherlands or in India. Isn't it ironic that 
Indians are getting harassed by. By Indians? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean call centers. Oh, call the, centers, yeah. yeah. Never mind. So what happened to, to this latest victim then? Well, the caller told Chandra to buy Apple gift cards to the value of 1,400 euros from a supermarket. What? To, and then to give him the numbers of the gift cards. And he said a policeman would drop around shortly to give her a check for the amount and verify her documents. This is when I realized it was a scam, she told Dutch News. I immediately called the number back and got the foreign ministry who said that they were aware that their number was being hacked. She has made a formal complaint to the police who said that they are aware of other examples of people being conned. So another story, another gift card uh, an, debacle. Another uh, gift yeah. card debacle. Maybe but the Netherlands needs to do an investigation into uh, Into gift the gift card systems. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, but this isn't new, no, isn't it? No, it's not. The Immigration Service has had a warning on the news section of his website, which dates from 2016. Neither the Justice Ministry nor the Indian Embassy responded to Dutch News's request for comment about what can be done to stop people from falling victim to this scam. In January 2018, the Justice Ministry told Dutch News that 160 expats had reported attempts to con them out of cash by people posing as workers at the immigration service and at least 10 of those attempts had succeeded that's really sad it's really sad yeah very terrible so to our listeners if someone calls you and tells you that they're from the immigration ministry and that you have to like give them money or something please do not the enda basically will send you thousands and thousands and thousands of letters they yeah, don't call but people. they don't call you for yeah. Apple gift cards. No, or they don't call you cards. for that those kinds of things. No. So please do not give them any money. And then if you get any questionable phone calls from what you think is the immigration service, you can always call them to verify to see if they need anything. The gap at the top of the Eredivisie has been cut to two points as PSV were unable to find a way past 10-man Feyenoord. The Rotterdamers lost Sven van Beek after an hour when the defender hauled down Steven Bergwijn, but still took the lead through Nicola Jurgensen's long-range strike after 70 minutes. Herving Lozano replied almost immediately for PSV, but despite dominating the latter stages, the league leaders were kept at bay by goalkeeper Kenneth Vermeer. Ajax cruised past Ado Den Haag to close the gap at the top, despite going behind to Abdenasser El Kayadi's magnificent solo effort. Donny van der Beek's quick reply and Dusan Tadic's penalty just before halftime put Ajax in front before late goals from Hakim Ziyech and Kasper Dolberg completed a 5-1 win. Magnificent solo effort sounds like a euphemism for masturbation. <laughs> he actually did this on the field, yeah. Did he masturbate it? You know. <laughs> 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 PSV manager Mark van Bommel downplayed concerns about his team's form after a third successive draw. You can look at it in two ways, he said. We were four points behind and now it's two. But you can also say we started the second half of the season six weeks ago with the same two-point advantage, which doesn't make any sense to me. None. And there were some vandalism incidents in Amsterdam prior to the Ajax match, right? Yeah, that's true. Supporters of the Hague football club Ado Den Haag are said to be behind a trail of anti-Semitic graffiti in green and yellow paint and these are the club colors of Ado Den Haag, which appeared overnight around Amsterdam. Ajax supporters like to refer to themselves as the Jews or the Super Jews, which doesn't make any sense. It's a nickname that has often led to anti-Semitic chanting by opposing fans. The Dockwerker, a monument to those who died during a strike against the World War II deportations, has been splashed with green and yellow paint as well. Uh, Elsewhere in the city, walls have been sprayed with swastikas and with the letters uh, JHK, which stands for Jews Have Cancer, which also doesn't make any sense. 
it doesn't make any sense. No. And the graffiti uh, also states that uh, 020 is not welcome in 070. And that's a reference to the two cities aerial codes. This is fucked up and people should knock it the hell off. Yeah. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and Amsterdam police have launched an investigation into the vandalism. And in other news, Formula One is banning cars. There's crazy Formula One news, right? I think I saw this article and I was like, what is going on? You didn't read it? No. Oh, okay. Well, I will tell you everything Please about it Please tell me then. everything about it, Paul. Um, Zandvoort is notoriously inaccessible. Only two roads lead to the beach town. And whenever the sun starts to shine, uh, all the roads get immediately uh, congested. Of course. Um, but apparently in 2020, there is a chance that the Formula One will return to Zandvoort. Right. So that will immediately cause some traffic issues. And anticipating on the 200,000 visitors that are expected to come, the organization has decided that tickets will only be sold to people who come to the race by bike or by public transportation. How are they going to enforce that? I mean, just They're have, just like, going to how... close the roads. Oh. To, uh... Yeah, but what if you just like want to go to the beach? Beach. You just can't go? No. Wow. Yeah, have you been to Zandvoort once? No. It's a city in the middle of the dunes. Yeah. So there is only two roads and it's terrible. You just can't come there whenever the sun shines. So if they have a race on a day that the sun is shining, what are they going to do? I don't know. You, I mean, you can go to I mean, other towns and then They can give people walk. gift cards and then they can... Uh... <laughs> Oh, wow. There will be a, a bus ticket uh, There'll riot. be a bus uh, ticket riot. <laughs> yeah. You guys will just riot about anything. Yeah, definitely. We look like the French. It's true. Speaking of cars, police say they have solved dozens of cases of burglary and shoplifting by using motorway cameras to target itinerant gangs. The National Police Unit told the Ade this week that its, quote, number plate of the week initiative was... (laughs) I did not name the initiative. It was successful in 8 out of 10 cases. The police are using smart A&PAR cameras to register where the criminals are at the moment. What does it stand for? Automatic number plate recognition. It's a very creative acronym. Yeah, it is. We pick out criminals who are causing a lot of trouble. Harry Dot. Are these criminals with Intertoys gift cards? They could be criminals with Intertoys gift mm. cards. We pick out criminals who are causing a lot of trouble. Harry Dallas, the head of the team in Drieberge, said. People who are shoplifting all over the place or taking their way into old ladies' homes and making off of their money and jewelry. He said the scheme had made it easier to tackle crimes committed by itinerant gangs who often elude the efforts of local police. Should we be worried that the police are tracking us all? So it seems like they could be, but so far it's limited to vehicles that have been used in crimes, which I suspect is also your taxi. (laughs) Numerous crimes. Numerous crimes. So many crimes. Yes. We'll be discussing the Dutch state buying an airline after this word from our sponsors. For over 30 years, Access has been helping internationals settle in the Netherlands. Access is staffed by an all-volunteer team, themselves internationals, who know firsthand about the challenges of settling in a new country. They can answer your questions or guide you to the right resources, and they also offer an on-call counselling service. You can find out more information about Access on their website, access-nl.org, by emailing the helpdesk at helpdesk at access-nl.org, or by dropping into one of their expat centres in The Hague, Utrecht, Amsterdam or Leiden. The Dutch state has bought a large minority shareholding of the holding Air France KLM in order to exercise more influence on the company and protect Dutch interest, Finance Minister Wopke Hoekstra said at a special press conference on Wednesday. The Dutch state bought 12.7% of Air France KLM's share for a total of 680 million euros and it has the ambition to acquire 14.3% and that's the same amount the French state owns. The position of Schiphol and KLM are of great importance to the Dutch economy and employment. Hoekstra says. So, KLM and Air France are the same airline, Paul? Mm, well, sort of, but also not sort of. 
Um, well, back in 2004, KLM and Air France merged into Air France KLM, which is also a very, uh, very creative uh, new name, don't you think? Yeah. Just like the uh, the automatic, uh, what was it, license plate um, system? Yeah, they're very creative. Yeah, very creative. Here. Yeah, both airlines were experiencing difficulties back then because of the bad economy, uh, and also fearing the same fate uh, as the bankruptcy of several other major airlines, uh, such as Sabina from from Belgium, um, and also f- uh, the threat of low cost airlines. Um, the airlines saw no other solution than to form the largest airline in Europe, yep. KLM, uh, Air France KLM. Yeah, it, it came a bit as a surprise, this merging, and also the new name, Air France KLM. It l- almost looked like that Air France, who is a, a, a very large, who was a very large airline, was also pretend was almost pretending that KLM was like an equal. Yeah, but it was not. It was no, much larger. No, it m- it's much larger, of course. Um, and back then. Um, uh, KLM CEOs uh, said that, for example, Lufthansa or British Airways would have never done right. something like this. Uh, but, I mean, uh, both airlines were just fearing their their future and right. they saw no other solutions than doing this. But, you know, these are national airlines and it's about national prestige and pride and also right. politics. So uh, uh, several very complicated uh, agreements and guarantees were made between the two airlines and the French and the Dutch states and also um, uh, the two major airports because uh, Schiphol and Charles de Gaulle, they are one of the largest uh, uh, airports in Europe. Yep. And they, they these airports want to maintain their position. Right. And when you have these large airlines as um, who use your airport as a hub, you want to maintain that. They, they didn't want um, Air France KLM to move their hub entirely to Paris or to Schiphol. Right. Um, so th- that's why they made these series of very complicated agreements. But... Uh, this that also meant that uh, they didn't turn into one single airline. Right. They are still sort of two airlines that share their benefits and share their costs and share their um, uh, profits. So is this uh, where it all went wrong? Yeah. Uh, initially- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Basically, yes. Yeah, the merging was considered a success initially. In the first year, they made a profit of hundreds of millions of euros, uh, which was surprising given the, uh, the fact that the, the fuel prices back then were very high. Yeah. Um, but... You know, at the start, there were fears uh, that there were simply too many cultural differences between the two former national airlines. Naturally, because Air France was the biggest airline, they had the most influence. But as the years went by, KLM uh, turned out to be the more and more profitable player. Uh, so, yeah, the Dutch became much more discon- became increasingly discontent right. with the whole situation. Air France was making the decisions, but KLM was, was, making, was the making the money. Um, and this discontent grew and grew gradually uh, throughout the years. Uh, the holding was also occasionally financially damaged by striking French pilots. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no shock in no. there. But yeah, simply, uh, it, it simply happened like that. Uh, the, there were strikes and... Uh, uh, Air France KLM was financially damaged by that, and right. therefore KLM was also damaged by that. Right, which and the Dutch were not happy. No, that's just annoying, of course. And uh, attempts to reorganize the holding were also blocked by striking. So yeah, uh, KLM started to see the French as as, as burden. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And this uh, this accumulated in this like CEO battle, right? There was like a bunch of drama about this. Yeah, there has been. Numerous, numerous, numerous stories, dramas, frictions, uh, yeah. fights over the years. But earlier this month, there was a battle between Air France KLM and KLM about KLM CEO Peter Albers, who is Canadian. I thought he was Dutch, but he's Canadian. No, he's Canadian. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, the mother company wanted to get rid of him because he was trying to get more power for KLM, which, of course, Air France didn't like. Yeah. And Air France... KLM, the holding, is dominated by the French, so yeah. they wanted to get rid of him. Um, 
and uh, at the same time, uh, Peter Albers was much loved by the Dutch because you know he He's was trying to get more power. He for was the Dutch. yeah, he was stepping up for the Dutch. Uh, the issue was resolved uh, last week, I believe, when it was agreed that Albers could stay for another four years, but in exchange of more oversight by the French at KLM, which probably just is kicking the can down the road. Yeah, exactly. So. Why did the Dutch state buy these shares? I mean, you know, the Vevi Day is not known for its, like, interest in having nationalized uh, companies. Companies, no. Uh, well, it isn't a nationalization, of course, because no, they're not, not taking over 100% of the shares. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was apparently part of a secret plan set up by uh, at the start of the cabinet's term uh, by Prime Minister Mark Rutte, Wopke Hoekstra, the finance minister, and the infrastructure minister, Cora van Nieuwenhuizen, um, and they were basically trying to save um, Dutch prestige, right. I think. Yeah. It's not, of course, not what they officially said. They they claimed that KLM is very important for the Dutch economy, which is questionable. Schiphol is dependent of KLM. KLM. Schiphol is, of course, uh, a major economic uh, force in the Dutch economy. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they basically say in order to save Schiphol, we have to save that's basically what they said. But, I mean, the reason why um, uh, the Dutch cabinet is taking over, trying to take over KLM, is basically because they are fed up with the French. Yeah. Uh, we had these endless series of... of it's an unhappy marriage. Yeah, it's a very unhappy marriage. It's a very unhappy marriage. And these endless fights, disagreements. I mean, this is just another episode in that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to resolve any anything. Uh, because, and I mean, the Dutch state now has the same percentage of shares in, in, in Air France KLM. but They have the same percentage of shares as the French do. Yeah, they have yeah. the same percentage as the French do, but the French have their shares longer, yeah. which means that they have... More voting power. More voting power, which in the end means that the, the Dutch state still has nothing to say over yeah. the French. And, uh, yeah, as we said before, KLM is making the money, and last week a, 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 the annual report of Air France KLM came out, and it turned out that Air France is responsible for two-thirds of the revenue, but KLM is responsible for two-thirds of the profits. Right. So even though Air France is twice as large, uh, KLM is... Making way more money. Way more money. Way yeah. more money. May way more money. So what was the uh, what were the reactions here? Uh, the reactions were uh, uh, were positive, but there were some 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 criticism as yeah. well. Uh, KLM is still the national pride of the Netherlands, apparently. I wasn't, and it's a great airline. Yeah, you yeah. like it? Yes, absolutely. I refuse to fly anything but KLM. Yeah, and you refuse you refuse to fly to Charles de Gaulle. And I will not fly to Charles de Gaulle no. under any circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Under any circumstances. Under any circumstances. Yeah. I, I frequently have paid more money to fly around Charles de Gaulle because every time you go to Charles de Gaulle, it is a goddamn nightmare. Yeah, it is. It is a terrible yeah. airport. It is yeah. always a disaster. And the, the KLM feeling, it's called the blue the feeling blue. In, yeah. in, in the Netherlands. And uh, you hear... I wasn't aware of this, but yeah. apparently a lot of people feel like whenever they are, whenever wherever they are in yeah. the world, and they step on board of a KLM plane, they feel like they're coming home yeah. for some reason. They're the only airline that I trust to fly, ever have trusted to fly my dog, which is a big thing. <laughs> that was a big deal. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is a major, a major endorsement. endorsement. By, by yeah, by they Molly. fly all the horses yeah. for the Olympics. KLM <laughs> is responsible for that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh, also another uh, fun fact: KLM is the oldest airline in uh, in the world. Yes, I did know that. Oh, yeah. okay. I learned about it in a KLM propaganda video <laughs> during one of the flights, which they don't need because they are so great. No, because they're yeah. so great. Yeah. So um, I assume the CEO of KLM was real happy about yeah. this move. He was uh, quote extraordinarily delighted of about the cabinet's decision. Uh, the unions are also very happy, both the unions of the pilots and the uh, ground personnel. Yeah, um, of Schiphol that is, and the coalition parties naturally are. Uh, also very happy, such as PVDA, the PVV, and the SGP. Uh, GroenLinks and the SP were critical. Yes, Klaver tweeted that it's striking how the government is willing to take action to save an airline, uh, but refuses to do, to save the planet Earth. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's his deal. Yeah, that's so, his deal. Uh, how do the French feel? <laughs> the, 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 the French, well, initially, um, the fr- fr- economic affairs minister Bruno Le Maire said that uh, uh, was surprised. He didn't know anything uh, about it. Well, it was a secret it. plan. I mean, everybody was surprised. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and first, uh, his reaction was he kind of shrugged his shoulders and uh, moved on. But, but uh, uh, this morning, it, it turned out that the French are really unhappy and yeah. they feel really sort of betrayed, actually, yeah. by the Dutch government by, by doing this. Um, even though they, they pointed out that um, um, it doesn't mean anything because yeah. the French still have more voting Wind powers. Power. So why would they... Uh, why would they care? Yeah. If, but but still, it feels like a sort of uh, knife slap in the, the bag, face. slap yeah, in the face. Exactly. And also, uh, experts uh, also question the move. Dutch state wants to have more influence on KLM, but the uh, day-to-day decisions and the operational decisions they're not made by the shareholders. Uh, you know, they come together every year and they they right. sort of set out the 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 larger uh, st- uh, strategies yeah. but they don't make the day day-to-day decisions which are crucial for yeah. the profits yeah it's a it's a it's an interesting move i think yes and the stock exchange was also not very happy no very unhappy no, right the the share of uh, air france klm dropped by 12% following the news. Yeah, and then didn't the Dutch government sneakily buy a bit more after the... Uh, yeah, well, well, they were... I initi- saw that in the, on, um, on, on pay. No, AFP. I don't remember where I saw it. Uh, they were legally um, obliged to, uh, to to announce that they were buying these shares yeah. when they when they, when they they crossed a certain threshold. Yeah. That was when the 12.7% were there, but they always had the ambition to, to have 14%, yeah. of, like the same sh- amount of yeah. shares as France does. But... Um, uh, what they should have done is announce that they bought it, then the uh, the stocks, uh, uh, the prices would would have dropped, and then buy everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they should have made a better scheme. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure how legal that is exactly, no. but <laughs> who cares? So um, yeah, and it also raises a lot of questions. Why is the government, you know, saving an airline, but not the banks? Well, they did say oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but not, but not, not, not intertoys. Not, not intertoys. Yeah, no, that's why? For sure. Because yeah, KLM. It's just it's just a, a yeah. Company. It's too it's too it's too important for the Dutch prestige, right? It's like yeah. too much of the Dutch identity, I think, to like let it go. Yeah. Um, and I suspect that the that KLM is tired of dealing with all of these problems that the French have created, mm-hmm. and it's it's very hard to be sympathetic because you know. The French are terrible. We can all agree on that. Um, but, you know, KLM is the one making the money. So it's really hard to, like, see, you know, how you can feel sympathetic towards this other airline, right? Like, you feel like they're not, like, pulling their weight as part of it. Especially when, you know, so many of the things that seem to be holding the company back are strikes and stuff coming from the French. You know, the French love to strike. So, yeah, I yeah. think I'm, I'm not totally sympathetic towards... But it's, it's interesting that uh, everybody considers these two airlines as 
two separate airlines, yeah, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Nobody, th no, when, whenever you fly with KLM, you never think I'm flying, I'm flying with, with Air France, France. Or, or the other way around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently it's still, there's still a lot of national yeah, tensions. Pride. and. Prestige. I mean, maybe they're going to talk about uh, separating the two. That would be interesting. I wonder if they can divorce. Yeah, will be. Uh, maybe they should hold a referendum. Maybe they should. Oh God, no, <laughs> no. Maybe they should Brexit the airlines. Maybe they can give each other some gift cards and then they can <laughs> fight about it. Yeah. Well, that's all we have uh, for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can get in touch with us by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. If you want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast and leaving us a rating. My thanks to Molly Quell and not to Gordon Derek. We'll be back next week. Will we? Yes. Yeah, we're back On next Friday. Week. I'm not here. No, I'm here next week. But ah, you're... good. You're not? Someone's not. Someone's I don't remember. Not. We, we, Doesn't matter. You will find out. There'll be a podcast. Yes. Maybe Truby's hosting. Yeah.